Hello everyone and welcome back to uh, Dan and Emer living in Spain. Well, it's better than a no-name podcast. I, I won't argue with that. Yeah, fair enough. Have you got a better name? Dan living in Spain. Oh, just Dan. Just Dan. Because that's yeah. the most important. You're part. not worth mentioning. Oh. Yeah. We love each other really, I promise guys. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. It hasn't been that long since we've done our last podcast, but we have actually moved... We've moved from being our own podcast to being a part of a Sentinel Audios podcast. So we're super delighted about the move. So hi, Rob. Thanks very much, Rob. Um, so they have a couple of podcasts, so check them out too. But definitely just listen to us because, you know, we're the best, obviously. That's sweet. Yeah, yeah. No, we're really excited to be part of something else that's kind of a little bit bigger as well. So because we're part of that, you'll probably hear from us a little bit more often because it's going to make it a little bit easier to host all of our podcasts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, give them a like on Facebook and have a look at their other uh, channels as well. They're really good. What has happened to us since our last podcast? Probably loads. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I got a haircut. Oh, and it's very dashing, I must say. Terribly excited. Yeah. Ruggedly handsome, I would go for. <laughs> well, I, I actually I had my first driving lesson on the wrong side of the road uh, just the other day which was interesting. I have uh, driven on roads in Ireland. It's it's not terribly different. I, I was quite anxious about it, but the, the biggest difference, obviously, you have the, the gear stick on the wrong side. Driving on the other side of the road is slightly different. At one point, I had to, to kind of pull out a little bit to go around a, uh, a person who was running at the side of the road, and it was very strange to force myself back onto the right, the right-hand lane. Um, but yeah, totally cool. Um, should mention uh, I don't have a license. If any police are listening, that's not true. But getting a license in Spain is incredibly difficult. It's, well, it's not just that it's incredibly difficult. It's very, very expensive. You're looking at about a thousand euros all in. At least. It could be more. And yeah. that's if you pass. That's if you pass, yeah. Um, it's not uncommon for people to be failed a whole bunch of times. And... This is hearsay. We've no actual proof about this. Allegedly, if you um, go in and, and take your test and the tester asks you, oh, so where did you do your classes? Because obviously in Ireland, you, you have to do your, what is it, 10 lessons or 12 lessons? 12 lessons, yeah. Um, here you don't have to. You're not required to do them. But if you tell the tester that you didn't do them, they'll fail you because they eventually will want to retire out of being a tester and normally when they retire they set up a school and if it gets out there that you can pass your test without taking classes well they're out of business so very very likely that they will fail you at least a couple of times to make sure that you go and take your classes just to be sure to be sure yeah you know um and even then like you know with all driving testers you can get them on a bad day or Mm. whatever so And I'm pretty sure we have to take it in Spanish as well, so I'm not really that up for for that either. But yeah, but then everyone complains about how you can't do anything in Spain without a car. So I'm not really sure how this all works. But it, yeah, they kind of have a captive audience in that respect. Um, but speaking as a person who doesn't, I would still consider myself not to speak Spanish. I am not overly anxious to jump in and take any exams in Spanish. No, that's not true. You do speak Spanish. You speak enough to get by. I can, yeah, I would consider myself conversational. I can have a conversation and chit-chat in in Spanish. But if you ask me something technical, I guarantee I won't understand what it is. It's going to be specialized language as well. Yeah, 
not to mention the fact that I actually have to learn what the laws are here. That's true. Now, you could probably tell some of the difference between a noun and an adjective and what a collocation is in Spanish. Sure, yeah, but that's my job. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there's there's different types of specialized language. Mm, True. And how are you getting on with learning Spanish? I'm getting on pretty well, actually. Um, As I keep saying to people here, because they keep asking if I've taken any classes, I haven't. The only books that I've used have been kind of tour guides, and that was for like month one, which I didn't find overly helpful anyway. Tour guides are great if you want to learn six phrases to survive two weeks. But if you're living in a country, you need more than that. So I needed to basically learn an actual working language, which is completely different. But as I keep telling people, every day here is a, is a class for me. All day, every day, I'm in class learning Spanish. Because if I don't learn to speak Spanish, I starve. So I've got no option, really. Which is great. It's the best way to, to learn any language, I think, is to go there and force yourself to speak the language. And as we're kind of in a bit of a middle-of-nowhere town, it's not exactly... Um, I mean, it's touristy, but most of the tourists pass through. It's not exactly a place where people who speak English move to. The look of relief on the, the pilgrims' faces when they see that you speak English is like... It's yeah. like, oh my God, you've saved my life. It's actually very entertaining. <laughs> Until they ask you, you know, where do I go to do this? And you're like, I have no idea. Yeah, um, I'm actually the worst tour guide. Like I can him. talk to you about having coffee, but I can't help you with anything. So. Yeah, I'm super useless. Yeah. I'll speak to you in English. That's all I got, though. Yeah. I only got English. Got nothing else. But it's, it's a great learning experience for me. I've been learning incredibly quick. We're here a couple of months and I already have enough Spanish to, have, to get by. Now, my grammar is terrible. Um, mostly because I've never actually looked at the grammar books or any books, but I have the words. So it's kind of like, I know I had to, essentially in English, it's probably something along the lines of, I have the need of food, cheese, where? Or something to that effect. Not even please either, because they don't really use that here. Yeah, that's the strange thing, actually, because when I started speaking Spanish, it was, you know, please may I have and... Would there be any possibility that you could help me out with something, maybe, if you've got a moment? And they just look at you and they're like, what are you talking about? Just tell me what the hell you want. Yeah, it's a much more direct language. It's incredibly direct. What really drives a lot of the Spanish people insane here is um, maybe. There's a typical Irish thing of, you know, do you want to go for a drink later on? Ah, yeah, maybe. Sure, no problem. And for us, that's as close to yes as you need to get. But for Spanish people, that just... It's like nails on a chalkboard for them because everything is yes or no. And they've no problem with you if you just turn around and go, no, I don't want to go. I'll see you tomorrow. And you don't have to say sorry. You don't have to say I'm busy. You don't need a reason. Just no. Whereas if we turn around and go, yeah, maybe. They're like, no, 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 no. You're not leaving until you give me an answer. You're like, I just gave you an answer. Yeah, we operate in various shades of grey in Ireland, mm. including the language. It comes from Irish. Like, we don't have a word for no in Irish. So it means everything's like, oh next week yeah that's grand Mm. whereas we're too polite to say no but then that's also translated to yes as well it's kind of moved over so Mm. it's like we don't ever directly say yes or no we're like oh yeah of course or sure why not i've got one friend trying to explain a negative affirmation to spanish people is hilarious why not means yes they're like why why does that mean yes (laughs) what is this there's only one person that i've come across so far that's understood what he calls the translation from irish english which is if we say maybe the likelihood is that it's yes if we say i don't know it's definitely no 
I'm like, yeah, that's, that's reasonably accurate, to be honest. And as soon as I mentioned that, he went around the town set, telling everybody, if you hear from the Irish people and they say maybe, then, then just turn up and they'll be there. And if, you, if they say, I don't know, don't bother. Just, just forget about it. Which is fair and it's helpful. It's ironic that we need a translator for English in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like on three levels of language right here. Yeah. It's very confusing. And what's worse is that since my Spanish has improved, I've started using maybe in Spanish as well, which is uh, quizás. And all the time people are asking me like, do you want to do this tomorrow? Or do you want to do this maybe during the weekend? Or, you know, any chance of this? And it's, yeah, quizás. And they're like, you can just see in their face, they're going to kill you. Which I personally equate to, in, in my classes, porque sí, which is because yes. So the Spanish have a have a habit when you ask them a question of giving you a, a yes or no answer. But of course, we're English teachers, so it's our job to get them to have a conversation. So I ask for reasons. I, you know, if I ask them why, all I get is, ¿Por qué sí? I've never said why so often in my life know. as I have in this last year. Yeah. Because you're trying to get people to elaborate on stuff. Mm. And it's endless. It's just, they have because yes and because no. And for them, that's a good enough answer. And realistically in conversation that's fine but if you're sitting in a classroom and you've got another 45 minutes of class and you're thinking if you know if i just let you get away with because yes then we've got 20 minutes worth of class and nothing after that so you're banging your head on the table trying to get them to have a conversation and all they'll give you is because yes and then it does happen as well that if you if you turn around and say well that's not a good enough answer everyone else in the class looked at you and is like why is it not a good enough answer? That's a perfectly acceptable answer. The irony, though, is I don't get porque si very much, but especially because I have a lot of the lower level students. To explain some stuff, it's just too complicated for a lower level student level. Like, you'll get to that in time. But if they're asking for something complicated, I'm like, it's just English. Which I feel like is pretty much the same thing. So I feel like such a hypocrite being like, I'm sorry, but it's just English. Mm-hmm. Then they can't use poor KC, so they're just so angry at me all the time. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah, I can I can completely understand. I get a lot of the time I get asked if I if I explain something in class, people will, will ask me. Students will ask, "Is is that for for all uh, situations? Is that always?" And I keep telling them, "I can't say always as an English teacher because it's English, and you have in English, you have exceptions for." everything so in spanish you have you know you have your rules you have your your tenses and then you have your exceptions and there's a list you know as long as you're armed with the of the exceptions but that's it those are the exceptions and that's all everything else stays in the rules yeah and then english you have your rule you have a list of ten thousand exceptions and then you have a list of four thousand exceptions to the exceptions which are not quite following the rules either but they have different exceptions, and even those exceptions don't have rules themselves. Each one of them is different. So essentially, English is the most ridiculously awkward language. So I keep getting asked by these with this this wonderful look of hope on their face when I explain something like so. That's how that works, and they go, "Is that always?" And I say, "No." And you just dash their hopes yeah, every time, every single time. Yeah, yeah. And the the closest I can get to is mostly that's essentially maybe to them the spanish part of their brain just goes oh for god's sake forget it forget it i can't do this anymore and it just drives them all insane so any spanish people listening we understand 
but we can't fix that. What actually interests me as well is that they focus a lot on grammar. They teach English in schools here, most most schools do, and they usually teach another language like French or something. But what interests me is that they focus a lot on grammar. So it means that they'll know the names for stuff, like a collocation. Like I learned what a collocation was like six months ago, which is just words that go together. And what was the thing that came up recently? The Saxon genitive. Mm. So a Saxon genitive, for those who didn't know, and I didn't know until yesterday, uh, a Saxon genitive is your possessive S. I'm like, where did this name come from? Why did we come up with these names? So my class were asking me about this. They're like, I'm not really clear about this. Can you go through it? And I was like, I have no idea what that is. And then they like gave me an example. And I was like, oh, you're possessive S. That's fine. I was like, oh my God. But these 20 year olds all knew the exact like technical name for this term. I was like, this is mental. It just shocks me sometimes. It is a bit of a disgrace really that that there are terms that they come up with i even if we do know them they're new to us or there's some classes where i've gone in and i'm like okay so we're going to learn about this today has anybody come across this before and all of the hands go up and i'm like oh crap so you guys know it and they're like no no no, we don't understand it but we've heard of it and we know what it is but we don't understand it so we still need to be taught how to use it i'm like oh all right grand so you've come you've studied it before and they're like well we've seen it before it's kind of like you know talking to Irish people about Irish grammar you're like oh yeah I remember we saw something about that the Tishel Geneduck does anyone know what the Tishel Geneduck is no one does that's why I'll have you know I know exactly what oh yeah is. what is a Tishel Geneduck well it's not really interesting enough I won't get into it right oh, now oh of course yeah, of course really yeah. he doesn't know yeah it is it's very interesting now there is a lot of very good English taught in schools as well but they teach some peculiarities as well like have got they're mad for have got here yeah so I have got three brothers or I have got a pencil. Why don't you just say have? Hmm. Why do we need got? And like that seems like a very small mistake, but then, or so, not a mistake, but a small thing. But the problem is then if you try and like use other tenses, it all just goes to hell. Hmm. Like if you're trying to go into the past, I have had got a pencil. Like that's just far too confusing. What causes problems for me is you have go get your book. It's not go have get, it's go get. So essentially the Spanish schools are teaching people to use two, two verbs which are then separable into different uh, sentences, different conversations and confusing the hell out of their students while doing it. And I understand because it's, it's, it's technically actually the blame also goes back to like Cambridge because they'll teach have got as well. But it's incredibly frustrating to try and explain then because these, you know, they, they're grasping at anything they can get, any rule they can get in English, because there are no consistent rules in English. But they're used to rules as well. Yeah, and so they're grasping at these rules, and then you have to go in there and dash their hopes of the of having a rule, and go, yeah, no, that all of that stuff that you've been learning for the last decade. No, forget about that. Don't don't worry about that. That's that's you can use it in some situations, and as soon as you go back to that, there you're into maybe again, and then it's just a mess. So the main rule is never use maybe in Spain if you can avoid it. Yes. Don't even say please overall. You can go into a restaurant and say, I want that. And just name the thing that you want. Or you can just say coffee. Yeah. Scone. Which, to be honest, having worked in a bar and in other situations in Ireland, I'd leave you waiting. I'd be like, you, you've got no manners. I'm not serving you until you can treat me like a decent human being. But here they're like, yeah, we're open, got it. And if you go in and say, please, may I have a coffee? 
they'll get it for you absolutely but they'll, they'll give you a look and go foreigners and just keep going because that's that's textbook spanish i suppose almost the same way as have got is textbook english yeah but yeah we won't bore you with any more english talk we're actually not that nerdy i promise ah uh, we are I, well i try not to be but i don't know how well it's succeeding mm. it was my birthday this week she's old so I, i'm 24 to dead now that's it um might as well just write myself off mm. but uh yeah so in spain they have different traditions to Ireland. So I was talking to my brother about this recently and he's in Eindhoven and he was saying, yeah, here you have to buy people birthday cake for your own birthday. And it's the same here in Spain that you buy drinks for other people on your birthday. So it's like you're giving, you're celebrating your birthday with them, but the birthday is your treat to them, if that makes sense. And you also buy them dinner well, you don't have to do dinner but you have to like have a night of it so you can buy drinks or you can do dinner i did dinner so there was 15 of us for dinner mm-hmm. and uh it was great actually now it actually kind of ended up that we had a little bit of an english side of the table and a spanish side <laughs> of the table which was actually quite interesting but it was very fun we did actually initially have kind of an english end of the table spanish end of the table and one spanish person sitting at the english end of the table just because she happened to have sat down that way and most of the people at the English end of the table can speak Spanish, but about half of us were native English speakers, so we just went straight into English. So she sat there for the next two minutes trying to be polite and trying to understand what we were saying and eventually just turned to you and said, can I have your seat instead? Yes, yeah, so, so then Please. we swapped and I ended up on the English side and not in the middle as I had hoped, but these things happen. You know, it's not the worst thing to happen on your birthday, so I was okay with it. Well, to be fair, it was that, or have her sit there for an hour and a half or two hours silently, not understanding a thing that was happening. Yeah, yeah, and cause, because we were all natives, we just spoke normal speed, so like we're speaking now, which is tough mm. to get, like, and yeah. especially with accents and, you know, your turn of phrase and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it was it's super interesting. But it, it's actually quite an interesting tradition, because it means that... If you go to everyone else's birthday, you get a free dinner every time. And then for your own birthday, you pay that dinner back, I suppose. Mm. So you actually probably do better than the Irish tradition, which is when people buy you drinks on your birthday. I suppose in a way that's true. Yeah, that is, that is true. What I found most interesting, though, was that the, the Spanish people who then had the Irish traditions explained to them obviously wanted that tradition they were like oh great yeah somebody treat me for the day that'd be absolutely lovely so it's a bit of a grass is greener kind of thing you know yeah i think that's true actually Mm. i don't know i'm I'm kind of in between about it i you know i think there's merit to both yeah it just depends i suppose on what way you want to go with it Uh, it works here they make it work so there's no i suppose because it's tradition they just just don't think of anything else um i actually had one student before christmas it was her birthday she's seven she went off and had a party and then the next day she brought me chocolates so i'm totally okay with this so far i've looked out because my birthday is not until the end of july there's a possibility we may not even be here so i could just have a great time you're just gonna clean up like yeah is this the the same student that you had a little bit of an issue with recently (laughs) it's not not an issue she's not a bad kid but yes it is the same kid so we were in class and i was writing on the board at which point this this little girl turns around, pokes me in the belly and goes, oh, look who's a poquito gordito, which literally means you're getting a tiny bit chubby. <laughs> I, I, of course, didn't know what to say. So 
she's laughing and in in an attempt to kind of toss the joke around i was like oh yeah and you too and she's like no which was just the end of the conversation it was like that's not true you're just getting fat so apparently spanish food is not agreeing with me <laughs> but, uh, i just thought it was so good because like seven-year-olds just say anthem yeah you know and it was just hilarious kids just say the darndest things at the same time though i was like looking at myself i'm like i actually am not getting fat and if you say it again kid you're going out the window like if you're calling me out you know fair enough but like give me a break man i'm not even getting fat yeah I don't think I had anything quite like that, Jess. I do have some... So, like, it's very interesting sometimes because they, they don't really know how much Spanish we know. So they kind of presume that we know very little. And I'll try and interrupt, like, as little as possible if they're not, like... If they're doing their work or whatever. So I have some 10-year-olds who are, like, slagging each other about... It's a class of boys, so they're slagging each other about the girls that they like and stuff. And it's just hilarious. But it's got this interesting, like twist of like because they don't think I understand and I'm not getting all of it but I'm getting most of it but then it's also like I'm trying to remember back to when I was seven but now they all have mobiles so they're like oh did you whatsapp her a picture of you and all this stuff like did she reply has she seen the message I'm like god life is so much harder now poor 10 year olds trying to like read the messages without having the scene notification and like their friends stealing their phones and sending messages on their behalf and it's just hilarious you realize you've been 24 for about six days you're already talking about the youth of today the youth of today they're just i just don't understand them no longer connecting with back them. in my day we used to have to walk with the letters to another town says you who was like a little child when you got your camera back that's that's true yeah so my um my camera anybody who knows me will know that i'm i'm rather interested in photography <laughs> rather um my i've obviously got my camera over here and my battery died a while ago so i went to plug it in to charge it and found that the charger was not working so i emailed nikon to see if they could uh, repair it for me and they said absolutely yeah we'll repair it in in spain but i have to of course get in touch with the spanish branch of nikon who do not speak english and i don't speak spanish so that's going to take a little while to get fixed so I went to the town nearby to get a new battery. Essentially, just a big, long saga of trying to get my camera back to be working. And uh, when I finally did get a charger that would uh, charge the battery, yeah, I, I will completely admit I turned back into a little little child. I was delighted to have my toy back. Almost stroking the body of it. That just sounds incredibly wrong. Almost stroking it then. Is that better? <laughs> it doesn't sound better. Stop using stroking. It's a little bit true, though. Let's not lie. I admit to nothing. (laughs) Oh, actually, a new thing that we learned as well. We're starting to cook Spanish recipes. So we have some super... We, as part of our classes here, we kind of do, like, a little bit offbeat stuff. So we usually, like, do a cooking lesson every now and again. Because it's kind of a bit more fun. It's an interesting way to learn English. And you're also, like, you know, you're learning stuff through the recipe and whatever. So we've done like cookies and brownies. Most, mostly baking stuff. Yeah, because um, they don't really do a huge amount of baking here. It's not a popular thing. They do, they do breads and things, but even in that, they, they go out and buy the breads. So breads are quite popular. But pastries and, and cakes and things along those lines, you, you buy those in a bakery. You don't make them at home. People don't learn baking. There's no kind of like, my grandmother taught me how to bake. No. Um, Your grandmother teaches you how to cook. Certainly, yeah. But baking is not a not a done thing here. And when it is, when you buy a, a baked goods, you buy buy pastries or whatever. Always cheesecake. 
<laughs> Always cheesecake. Always cheesecake. Or just not wonderful. It lasts... Like if you buy cookies, for example, they'll last you a day. And after that, they just change their flavor and they get dry. And it's So it's just not a, a skill they have. So we do a lot of baking with them. And, and it's they're always amazed. And we're like, these are the simplest things we could find. But Yeah, they're the simplest because we needed to do them in an hour, including yeah. cooking time. Yeah. And explaining it in English. So it's like, put everything in a bowl, mix, and put it in the oven. Yeah. The, one, the funniest thing for me, actually, with regard to cooking with the Spanish, they do not like dirty hands it's hilarious and this ranges from my four-year-olds all the way up to the adults like and anybody who has learned to bake or cook as a child in ireland will probably remember there were two wonderful things that happened when you baked one you got to make an absolute state of the kitchen with no problems there was no reprimand for you accidentally on purpose knocking the flour all over the place or getting your hands covered in dough when you're mixing it. The second thing was that you get to lick the spoon at the end. And the bowl. And the bowl. And the whisk. And, and anything else that tasted nice. Exactly. And then get a mirror to try and clean your faces with your tongue. So that was Ireland. In Spain, you ask them to put their hands in to mix up the dough and they look at you like you have ten heads. They're like, you want me to put my hands in there? My hands? My hands? And they'll like check with you the like the Spanish word and the English word for hands, which is hilarious. You're like, yes, your hands. Yeah. Um, I made the mistake once of demonstrating by putting my hand in to, to mix the dough. And they were like, no, nope, can't do it. Not happening. No, no way. You do it. You finish it. No. Like, Guys, come, how old are you? Come on. But nope. No interest. But then sometimes you get like the other end of the spectrum where their face is in the dough, like in the mix when you're trying to like take it from the bowl to the tray. Chocolate. Always when there's chocolate involved, it's like, I don't need to just eat this. I need to save it for later on my cheeks. But then it's also like you crack a raw egg and then they give that a lick as well. You're <laughs> like, this is not going to be nice. I had a wonderful moment actually. And flour. One. Yeah. They love, they like licked. There was like a little bit of flour that spilled on the table. He like licked it up. Yeah, I, I was know. like, it's flour. It tastes of exactly nothing. I had a wonderful moment with one of my classes where um, they they wanted to taste everything going in. So we had they they tasted a tiny tiny bit of flour, which was fine. They were like, okay, that's what flour tastes like. That's great. Then the salt came out. There was a tiny pinch of salt going in. They're like, no, we know salt. We don't need to taste that. Then I took out baking powder, and they were like, oh yeah, we want to taste that too. I'm like, no, no, you don't. Right, we're going I'm gonna stop you there. That's not nice. Just trust me, it's not great, but it needs to go in. Leave it at that. And they're like, okay, Grant. As soon as I turn my back, I just hear this coughing and spluttering. And, ah, God, this is... And I turn around and the baking powder is open on the table. They've taken like half a teaspoon of baking powder each and stuffed it in their mouth very quickly. And I was just like, well, I've got nothing for you. There is no help in that flavor. Well, that's a lesson you learn once and you learn it hard. And that's it. You know, you don't do it again. Yeah, funnily enough, the next time we baked and I offered to get them to taste something else, they were like, no, it's fine, don't worry about it. It was chocolate chips. Sometimes they just just make weird decisions. I don't know. You're like, you know what chocolate is. Yeah, but they were traumatized. Oh. Clearly traumatized. I don't know what you're doing in your classes. <laughs> but we, yeah, we've been cooking our own stuff as well. We got a lesson uh, in cooking patatas bravas, which as it turns out, is incredibly easy once you know how. So, potatoes bravas translate to brave potatoes. It's essentially 
I don't even know what to describe. I don't know why it's called brave potatoes, but they're called brave potatoes anyway. So, go on, you're the expert. It, well, it's, it's essentially oil, pieces of potatoes in the oil, cook them, throw them in a bowl, make your own mayonnaise, pour that over it, make a nice tomato, kind of peppery tomato sauce, throw that over it, eat. Mix as well, well if you wish. Yeah, and that's it. And they're delicious, absolutely delicious incredibly not good for you it is olive oil which you know makes me feel slightly better but i'm still eating a lot of oil they're also one of those dishes that when you make it you're like oh this is delicious and it's you know it's well made and it's fresh produce and whatever but that whole word stop or full or finished they they just disappear from your vocabulary you're just like more more yeah it's super delicious like think about like chunky chips with like a tomato-y kind of sauce and mayo. Mm. I know that doesn't sound very appetizing, but it is super good. And I made, my favorite is uh, patatas riojanos, which is... Also delicious. Riojan potatoes, essentially. That's what it translates to. It's kind of like if your grandparents ever made you stew when you were younger, that happened to have like random things in it that you didn't expect. Cook potatoes in stock, so they're like super delicious and salty. And then you put chorizo in it as well. So the chorizo gives it like a spice. And, and kind more of salt. Like, more salt. Love a bit of salt me. And then you like just cook it till the potatoes are done. And then you you can add pepper as well if you want and, it. And an old bay leaf as well just to pretend that you're not just stuffing it full of flavor and salt. Yeah. And then the chorizo, when you cook the chorizo, like the, the oil or the fat kind of melts out of it. It kind of cooks out of it. So it like gives it this kind of like orangey ready tinge or whatever. Super delicious. And now, it's probably not any better for you than than Patanas Bravas, but it, I feel like it's better. So Also, it has the um, the stereotypical characteristic of most Spanish food I've found, which is, looks like crap, tastes wonderful. They don't go in for presentation here. They kind of just cook something so that it's delicious, and it is. All of the flavors are fantastic, but they do not make it look nice. They just... It's all sort of plunking it in a dish and throwing it at you in terms of presentation. It, it, they put it on the plate and you're like, what the hell did I order? And, and you can't remember what you ordered and you didn't know what the translation was. So you really weren't sure what you ordered. And then by the time you finished it, you're like, God damn it. Why don't I know what the thing's called? Because it's fantastic every time. Yeah. The, it is a bit of a culture shock in that way that like the presentation is just so different. But then it's... Or non-existent. I, I don't know if I've had anything I didn't really like. I'm not big on... Flan. I don't like flan. I never liked flan. Okay, guys, we're going to go because our washing machine was broken for the last week and I have to do a lot of laundry to catch up because it got fixed today. Again, this is another sign that you're getting old. You're running away to do the laundry. I know, I know, but I need clean socks. I can vouch for that. So we'll talk to you again soon, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.